Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today I sit down with Jimmy from Foles. You're in for a treat. Jimmy's such a nice guy. We, we had a real real good time having this chat. I've literally just pressed stop uh, on the interview, so um, I'm still buzzing uh, from my chat. Obviously, Foles got new music out at the moment. Um, go check it out um, as soon as this episode's finished. Um, what a band they are. We, we talk about Foles, obviously, uh, throughout this podcast and, and all the usual stuff that, that, that you like about Off The Beaten Track. You know, we have a real deep dive into the songs that really have mattered to Jimmy. Um, before we get on with the chat, a few thank yous. Um, thanks to Scroobius Pip, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Tom uh, Tom Dark for sorting this out. Um, really appreciate that, Tom. Um, big thanks to 76 for producing this podcast um and the biggest thanks always go to you lot for just being bloody lovely uh and continuing to support this podcast there's loads more great episodes coming in the future i've recorded loads so you've got some real some real great natters coming your way soon um and if you can't be bothered to wait for them then look backwards because there's 400 episodes, 400 episodes of this podcast you can listen to for free. Um, and if you like your guitar indie, you know, pop, then go check out my chats with um, uh, Jeremy from Everything Everything, who's, who's, who's done work with Foles previously. Um, you can hear me chatting to Sway, to Idols, to Sleaford Mods. Um, gosh, and then if you want your, your big rock and rollers, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, Foo Fighters, uh, and we talk about... Uh, we we talked briefly about um, stand-up co- uh, comedians on here. Um, if you like that, then go check out my chats with James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Maisie Adam, uh, Jade Adams. There's there's bundles and producers. You can hear me talking to Fatboy Slim, to Butch Vig. Uh, yeah, I, I always rattle off the same names every time I do this little segment. But like I say, there's 400 episodes, so you know I guarantee you'll find someone in there that you love. Pub, uh, Public Enemy, that's a great great interview with chuck d um i definitely recommend that and, and also lots of actors um really proud of uh the conversation i had with maxine peak that's one of my favorite of her episodes i'll definitely say go check that one out she's absolutely wonderful um and you know actors like michael smiley um amanda abington joe hartley thomas turgus i've had loads of the people from the 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 Shane Meadows films because uh, well because they're just fucking amazing so why wouldn't you want to speak to people that have been involved in the experiences uh, of being on set um, 
making some of them amazing pieces of art. Um, okay. That's enough kind of waffle from uh, what you can get for free. If you'd like to support the podcast and you can spare a dollar a month, 70-odd P, is that? Um, then you can access loads of radio shows. Uh, you can watch all the episodes. You can watch all the video episodes. Uh, essentially, you're supporting the podcast, and it's a dollar a month, and that's over on my Patreon, uh, which is patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com forward slash off the beat and track. So, yeah. If you can support us over there, it'll cost you, yeah, a dollar for a month. And that's get access to hundreds of episodes and and loads of weekly content as well. Um, Right, I think we're all done. Uh, I think we could just get on with what you're here for. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Jimmy of Foles. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Jimmy, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm uh, I'm radiant and glowing actually. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How was the bank holiday? Busy for us. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we we, uh, we did four. I think we did a show every every night of the bank holiday in London. Oh, we, did right. four, we did four in a row from Friday. Oh, were you looking uh, good on it, mate? Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I'm a bit tired, but it was uh, it was all right, you know. It wasn't too shabby. I reckon we could have done more. Mm. Okay. Well, look, before before we get onto the playlist, I always like to just ask guests to cast their mind back a few months and, and, and just to talk about the weird couple of years that, that the, the touring stopped and and the kind of interaction stopped and literally the world stopped. I just want to know how that that period of time um, how that affected you both personally and creatively. Well, uh, personally, it was a bit of a sort of up and down, win and lose battle. <laughs> like because uh, I've got my girlfriend lives in uh, in California, so I've got like this long distance relationship. Which had, which had just basically started the year before COVID. But anyway, it turned out I, I made a good decision. But we tried to tour Asia, <laughs> in, like in the right when it was kicking off in March, I don't know, 2020, I think it was. So that was a bad idea. So we, um, we ended, got as far as the Philippines. We played one show in Singapore, which was a disaster because it was like everyone was, <laughs> was really scared about yeah. the pandemic. So people were just bailing left, right, and center. Anyway, and then, um, yeah, I flew over to California and then I got locked down with her for seven months 
and that which was great and then i got i flew back here to start writing the new album and then got locked down here for a year so so i didn't see her for a year so that that was kind of a weird nightmarish it was just like it was was like everyone was experiencing just this sort of repetitive nightmare nature you know it's like it was like groundhog day where it was just miserable every day but i will say like so that was sort of yeah you know i think everybody felt like that and i'm sure everyone had to say it had something that was pretty awful they had to go through you know um but uh i did make a lot of music and you know i guess like lots of solitude was quite good for me actually it turns out i'm not that social (laughs) so so in regards to 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 writing like some of the new record was that written sort of remotely or did you just get into the studios Uh, quite quickly or yeah yeah some of them are written remotely like i like looking high i started that one that was written remotely um and same with yanis he had a few we kind of brought like a few things together yeah but quite a few of the tunes were written on the spot, which was cool. Yeah. Which I think um, gives it a, a kind of good energy. It doesn't have yeah. too much baggage. It's quite light. Yeah. I feel like normally we're dragging like suitcases of old songs and riffs and yeah. God knows what from like years. You know, we're just still desperate to put them in something. Uh, it's all like the unwanted children. But anyway, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, look, let's, let's kick off the playlist and I'm going to ask you for track one, please. Um can you tell yeah. me the song that you regard <laughs> as having the greatest ever intro, please? Well, I, you know, I don't know if it's the, the greatest ever intro, but certainly when I was a kid, uh, I remember my dad listening to, to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. And, you know, I don't really know about, I, I, I kind of got quickly bored of the rest of the song, mm. you know, I think. But the intro, <laughs> it's like I remember it in like my dad's car, the stereo. It was a bit like it reminded me of... Um, they used to do in cinemas the THX like yeah, surround yeah, sound yeah, thing, yeah. which was just like kind of like terrifying when you're a kid. Mm. So it was a bit like that. I found it a bit scary. <laughs> like the drum drums are like yeah. enormous. Anyway, it's like it's, I think it's like a pretty sick intro. You know, it goes into like some hardcore dire straits. It does, but um, you know, I, I like it. I like the intro a lot. It's it's so the production couldn't be any more eighties if it tried, could it? It's just everything's cranked to eleven, isn't it? And yeah, I know. I think that's what's what's kind of fun about it. It's just like the the pinnacle of like studio excess in a sense. Totally, but you do get you do. I mean, before it kind of just goes into to full on dire straits, you've got the <laughs> obviously the big sting vocal at the beginning, and, and yeah, yeah, and exactly. That, that's wicked. That bit. yeah, and that mad little sort of big drum rolls but then you do get you do get the money shot don't you you do get that little riff where it all just drops out and you just get that little clean riff for like i don't know for many bars but that yeah, is a yeah, nice little of, payoff isn't it well it's cool also i don't like maybe it's one of the first songs that did that mm. like you know like i guess yeah it's like you know doing this enormous build-up into yeah. something absolutely tiny yeah but it's so satisfying. You know, yeah. that's really cool. That's quite, that's, I mean, it's really hard to do that. Mm. Yeah. Nowadays, I'd probably like it to be like a, a massive baseline or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it would be these days. Well, it's interesting. Cause I want to ask you this then. And, and uh, when you approach songwriting uh, and the band approach songwriting and essentially the intro, like, because it, I imagine if most bands were to take money for nothing to a label now, you'd get laughed out the door by just saying, look, you can't have three minutes of this before that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so definitely. 
I just wonder with the kind of changes in how people listen and attention spans getting shorter and such, like how much of that filters through into the songwriting process and essentially the intro with Foles? Well, yeah, I mean, it does. It's more and more, actually. It's like, I wish they'd just stop with it. It's, I, it seems so anti-productive and counterintuitive for like a record industry to be like just making everything so short. 100%. Like they're just sort of getting rid of like minutes and minutes and minutes of creativity. It's like why? It's like what's the end? What's the why? It's mm. like I don't get it. Anyway, but they're hell bent on it, mm. and it's always you know it's just getting shorter and shorter. So I'd love to do a little graph of when we started like seventeen years ago, like how long you were allowed to have. Yeah, it's probably like it's probably like around four minutes, and now I think if you go into or like five minutes maybe was like an extraordinary. Sure. long single but you could still do it and then it's like nowadays it's like three minutes is pretty it's considered too long which is ridiculous uh, isn't it yeah it is it's stupid it's just stupid i hate it it's just dumbing everything down it's just like it's like turning everything into like just children's television it mm. sucks it's like where's the i get rid of all the art it's like i feel like there's a sort of anti sort of art movement at the moment i don't know it's an undercurrent where it's just like oh god anyway but uh, we try and keep that off as much as possible. We love intros and we love stretching stuff out, which if you ever see us live, you'll see us do that. You know, you'll know if there's a song that's longer, That's that was probably its original length and it got chopped down because the label said you need to lose blah, blah minutes off this yeah. to fit it onto one record. You know, that was a thing actually to, on this one. It was to fit it onto one vinyl. Yeah. And then we were like, we were against it, obviously. And then we were like, well, actually, hang on. Cause like with the coming out of a pandemic, like no one's going to have any money. And it's just going to be like, why not? What, you know, the difference between like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know how much like a, just a single record would be these days, like 20 quid, probably no, hold the difference, 20 quid. Yeah. 20 quid. And then like 30 quid being like the gatefold or something. And it's like that difference is massive. Mm. And it's like, so that, you know, those kind of decisions I think are, are well-informed. But uh, usually the editing happens right at the end. Like yeah. we, we leave it and we don't really do it. We leave it to like whoever's mixing or yeah. like, you know, we're like, can you please just like, just edit it in a, in a tasteful way, you know? Yeah. Okay. And, and we've done well. We've done well with that so far, I feel like. Wonderful. Well, I mean, hearing the new music, it, it, it definitely, to me, uh, as somebody that's followed your career throughout, this definitely feels like more poppy than... Than, than previous stuff that I've heard. Is that is that a, a, a fair assumption? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but it's not a dirty word, pop. No, not at yeah. all. But I want to be. I want to sort of play devil's advocate with what we've just spoke about and and saying how sort of taking that that the art out of music by shortening it and shortening it. Do you also think that there is a a real kind of art in being able to craft a two and a half minute perfect pop record? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's like what we're after a little bit. Yeah. But I've always I've always said that, and we've always thought that it's like. Yeah, it's like, and also having both, like trying to. Yeah, you can have, you can have both. I don't get why yeah. everyone doesn't do that. It's, like, yeah. it's crazy. It's just you can both feed the other, and it's like, yeah, it's the, it's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Yeah. They're out there, you know. There's like you know, like naive melody talking. When I mean, talking heads have got quite a few of them. There's mm. so many, you know. That's just one little. You know, this, the, the idea of like a perfectly like dancing queen, for example, yeah. would be my, my sort of holy grail. Yeah, that's an and intro. It's like, yeah, that's an intro, exactly. Yeah. And it's just it's just perfect. It's just flipping perfect. Yeah. Listen to that song and be like, there's absolutely nothing I would do to that. Yeah. It's like, you know, and that's 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 sort of well, but you know, it's fun doing that. And that's yeah. what this album is a little bit, I guess. 
that's the holy grail on it. If you've got them songs that you've just played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and every time you hear it, you just think, there's nothing I can add to that. There's nothing I could, no, there's no, no gaps, I there's nothing. It. And it's that is rare, isn't it, to be able to get that? I love it. There was, a, there was one I heard the other day. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was now, but it was perfect. It's yeah. just like I just cannot think of anything to do better to that. Yeah, love it. Which is which is, and I think you know you do feel that in the studio. Not that we've ever seen, but like I'm sure that must be amazing. It's like um, you hear stories like recording Dancing Queen. You hear stories of like like the girls coming in to do the vocals, and like the guys had already done like rough vocals, yeah. sort of, you know, guide vocals, and they were just like like crying basically they yeah. were like oh my oh my god like you know yeah. like this is this is like gonna last forever yeah it's it's yeah. amazing absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. well look we, we, we're talking about older records so so let's get some nostalgia uh flowing here for track two yeah. jimmy the first <laughs> song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please mate uh yeah well that's every day by buddy holly oh, definitely beauty, i'd it? say it's a real beauty and it's just like, I mean, that's a perfect song, yeah. I would say, you know, and it's so simple and it's just like, I don't know. It reminds me of, again, like being in like the back of one of my parents' cars, yeah. just like, and it just like, I don't know, just like sounds a bit like a lullaby, yeah, you know, and it's beautiful. It's so tender and I don't know, it's full of meaning as well. It's yeah. like, but you could everybody can associate with the lyrics it's just amazing yeah. and it's just like I, the fact that i could listen to it when i was like two years old yeah and i can listen to it now and it's have the same impact you know and, and also there's no drums it's just someone clapping yeah. i just like i always forget that and every time i hear it i'm like that's amazing like how many other songs is, is that just and it's enough yeah what's the emotion it's like a perfect little ecosystem that song it's a lovely way to describe it you know needs to be protected yeah if you pinpoint the emotion that 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 you got from that oh god oh i don't know like probably one like wonder you know that's not even an emotion but like um just kind of like this sense of like a bigger world and also just like the repetition, you know, the art of repetition, yeah. the art of like the song, like hearing a, a song for the first time and being like, oh, like that bit repeated. And that's all it is, you know, and it's just like the idea of this cycle. And it's like, that's really effective and sort of kind of hearing that for the first time, I guess, because I don't know what I would have listened to. I, I guess you don't hit when you don't understand music, you can't really hear it properly. Right. So it's like. Before that, I probably it all came together with Buddy Holly, you know. <laughs> it's, but it's, yeah, it's, maybe it's, even sadness. You know, it's, there's elements of it's it's there's melancholy in there. You know, massively. I, I probably when I was two or three years old, I didn't know what that was, but it's yeah. just like already like just like, and then you hear it now, and it's actually a, quite a sad song. Yeah. You know? yeah. As you grow older, it gets sadder and sadder. Yeah. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this. Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Totally. You know, which is crazy. It's so, it's so strange that so many guests on this podcast, when asking that question, their go-to memory is the back of their parents' car. And it's yeah, so yeah, many well, it's people's like, like musical like knowledge and and where they well, got their music was literally en route on holidays and things like that. Just like consuming. Yeah, it's this. like well, my generation was like the the tape, the CD, mm. the CD and tape boom in the cars. Yeah, you know, it's just like boom time. It's it's so yeah. strange because. I, I, I never really sort of considered what my choices would be for, for, for these, these questions. And I've often thought about this one and musical memories when chatting to guests. And I've done like 400 of these shows now, Jimmy. And, wow. and it's so weird that you've just mentioned like that track because it literally just sparked something in my head that the first time I think I ever got moved by music was in the back of my parents' car. The first time I heard True Love Ways by Buddy, by Buddy Holly. And I was like, uh, yeah. and I was like, sometimes we cry. And I was thinking, Oh my god, this is really sad. And and being so young, not and actually computing it. Yeah. And it's, as you say, and as you get older, you start to process it and realise, oh God, that's even more harrowing than I initially thought it was. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's like pretty brutal when you actually <laughs> yeah. realise what you're singing about. And, Absolutely. You know, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's just like we're basically sort of saying, might as well give up now. Yeah, yeah knock it on the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so where was growing up? Uh, growing up was with my mum and my sister outside of um, Henley-on-Thames, just like in the countryside, nice. in a little t- tiny little village. Very, very small, innocent upbringing for a while. And then like moved closer to Oxford when I was like 10 years old. And then, you know, like bigger school and all of that yeah. and way more influence from everything. Yeah. But yeah, pretty sheltered. <laughs> the first Good, ten. right? Happy? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, amazing. Like, absolutely loved it. You know, what's not to love about that? Yeah. You know, it was safe. I, I had like two best friends living in this village, and I'd just go out on my bike every. We'd go to school together. We'd hang out. We'd go on our bikes all day out in the countryside. No problems. Yeah, one of us would fall off occasionally. You know, and that was it really. And then like, you know, they'd just literally bang the saucepan for dinner. And you know, it's like it sounds insane now, but like, yeah. It was lovely, and I, I thank my mother for uh, taking me away from a city or anything like that. Yeah, because it was lovely. Was it a musical household? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. My sister played piano. There was a piano. This one. <laughs> nice. My great great. It's either great. I think it's great great grandmother Jeannie Stefani oh, from wow. Italy. That's her piano. Yeah, yeah. I got it restored. But that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice it's right behind me yeah it's, it's like the most important instrument I think like nothing would have happened if it wasn't yeah. for that which was just my mum just like putting it in the house and it's yeah. like just you just you do just start plinking on it when you're a kid and 
my sister's a couple of years older, so she got piano lessons. And I, you know, so it was like every night was her butchering like the, uh, I think it was like the piano soundtrack. Yeah. something it's like months it's like six months till she got that into like decent shape but then it was amazing you know yeah. and it's just like and uh yeah mom were like always there's just always music i think it was just cassettes you know yeah. and like just it's just like every music was so portable you know it was like you know i remember walking around the house just listening to like the lion king soundtrack yeah. constantly just just all day you know yeah. i don't know yeah so there was a lot of music yeah oh good stuff good stuff well let's stay in the formative years um for the next track and uh, can you tell me please Jimmy the song that reminds you of your time at school oh yeah well I had to I, it was difficult because it, I had to pick a time at school oh you can have some honourable mentions if there's some other times that you want to get some shout outs in then you can as well alright yeah I will I'll slip a couple in for this one so I don't offend anyone but um, I would say well yeah so this is going back to what must have been like 12 13 12 13 anyway it's paradise city by guns and roses and uh i mean it was the first album i ever owned because my sister got it for me from uh from boots or smiths or whatever and um she only got it because it said like parental advisory on it she thought it was cool <laughs> she thought i would appreciate it which i did i was like yeah. this is this is the coolest thing i've ever seen yeah or heard you know it was just it was so like badass and then i remember there was just a picture and the appetite for destruction inlay of them just all with like bandanas and aviators like leaning on like a Budweiser keg yeah and it, I mean it looks ridiculous now <laughs> you know it's like oh but at the time it was like unreal anyway and then this song is just great because it's just it's just like one big sort of build up to this yeah. one bit when where the whistle blows and it yeah. goes ape shit and it's just it's wicked it's so simple it's pretty it's pretty you know dumbass in a way but yeah. like I I, really, I still love Slash as a guitar player. Yeah. I think he's absolutely amazing. And it's like some of the rhythms he plays, like the counter rhythms, just all that stuff is like, it went, it, I, I just soaked it up because mm. it's just never heard anything like it. There's one bit in it where he switches the rhythm on the riff he's playing and it's just crazy. You know, yeah. like, what are you doing? Anyway, never mind. And there's one time on like the school bus where like we always used to play it. We had a really cool bus driver called Ratty who used to just chain smoke cigarettes. And uh, I'm sure he's probably dead now. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't far, he wasn't far from it that, like 20 years ago, whenever that was, probably longer. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Longer. Um, anyway, yeah. And we all like, we waited for the whistle bit and then we all <laughs> went absolutely ballistic on the school bus and like the whole thing nearly rolled over and like Ratty went apeshit again. I don't know. It's just. Really cool, really exciting. I used yeah. to sort of dream about like this place, like LA, and like you know the Troubadour and all this crazy hair metal stuff yeah. that was going on. Like, well, you know, that was all earlier than than when I heard it. But like, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah, it's like music from another land. I think it's really weird. I think like Guns and Roses get a bit of a a tough rap in some respects because I think they get sort of thrown in with your poisons and your motley crews and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously when bollocks, it is yeah. like, it, it, they, like they were so much like better that. songwriters. Yeah, they've they've got like genuinely great songs. Mm. Like, like, they don't have to be played like heavy. Yeah, and I I reckon like if they'd broken up after Appetite for Destruction, they would have been like one of the most revered bands of yeah. all time. Yeah, like it's that's uh, that's, that's a, a great shout. That is. That that would you know, definitely that, have been the case. It's like I think just because they were, I mean, they dressed like everybody else. I mean, I thought they were a bit cooler looking actually, mm. but like, um, 
you know, they were definitely the best songwriters out of all yeah. that lot. You know, yeah. you know, almost as good as Iron Maiden. Who would get the honourable mention? Oh, okay. Go on, pick a track. Oh, uh, oh, oh man, Fear of the Dark. It'll nice. have to be. I know it's a bit. Of, that's the one, the only one I can pull right out there. I mean, there's some some deep cuts, which uh, if only I could remember their names. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there was that. That was a tiny bit later, but that was like the British equivalent. Yeah, and that was that was amazing. That was that was cool. That was kind of funnier though, in a way. It was all like. It was a different vibe. Yeah. Like but it was when. Surely, as a kid, though, and you look at like Eddie and all the covers and that, it was like super exciting as a kid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's like mythology, you know, you're just like, wow. Like these people, <laughs> they just look, they look like fucking He Man and shit, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. like, they look like, I guess maybe kids look at like the Avengers these days, mm. like I used to look at Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> but the Avengers, the Avengers can't fucking play rock and Rio, can they? No, they can't. No, to like a million people, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, insane. It's an insane amount. Yeah. <laughs> How was school? Was it something you enjoyed? Oh yeah, it was all right. I went to private school, so there weren't any girls. Which was well, there was a girls' school nearby, which was okay. So there weren't no girls, but like I always think about that, and I'm just like, that sucks. I was yeah. like, thanks. You know, thanks for like hindering me you know, <laughs> at, at university definitely i came to university just like fucking like harry potter <laughs> um but yeah it was a great school man it was like you know there's a good music school it was abingdon school and well, i went to a bunch of good schools but um you know it's, it's weird there it's like the emphasis is very much on like sports and like achievement and if you're sort of middle of the road and everything like i was you just get sort of swept aside a little bit so it was like it was all right you know super competitive but and i i think swear it's like i hate competitiveness yeah i hate it i loathe it and i think it put me off it for life did did you know what you wanted to do when you was at school no <laughs> oh i wanted to be a marine biologist right but um i mean i like loved attenborough he mm. was like my my like my absolute hero still is actually um but uh, my chemistry teacher took me to one side and was like, you'll never be a marine biologist. Like, you're terrible at biology. Thanks, <laughs> like, well, he was just like, I've got to be honest with you because yeah. it's heartbreaking. You know, he's like, you don't have a mathematical mind. Like, you you just know. He's like, there's absolutely no way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so the only way I've, 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 you know, I've consoled myself. It's like, I've just got to try and get like, uber rich so i can buy my way onto like a research <laughs> vessel <laughs> like a steve Z- steve zisu sort of thing i can finance it yeah um so but, uh so yeah so it was the choice between geography or art really and i'd already joined a band actually then so that was starting to happen but i mean like never did i think ever did i think that it would be like a job yeah. but so so you was a quite a creative kid then yeah yeah definitely yeah i was already like writing songs and stuff like little ones but surely but, I just want. I'm always interested when I set this podcast up. I was I set it up initially to to base it on certain areas and how the area that you grew up in, um, coming from Essex, like the, the the weight of the prodigy and Depeche Mode and things like that, hangs so heavy on sort of aspiring bands in our area. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I just wondered, like being so close to Oxford, and I'm sure you've answered millions of questions about Oxford bands and things like that over the years. Like, but was there like when you saw? ride or you know supergrass and, and obviously radiohead and things like that did did it make it did it never sort of make you think oh if they can do it we can do it 
Uh, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't know any of those bands at school. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew, I knew Radiohead because they went to my school, yeah. but not when I was there. But like, there was yeah. this weight of Radiohead that was like, you have to like Radiohead. Sure. So, so I didn't. I never listened to them. I was just like, I actually turned down tickets to the. They played this big uh, concert in South Park in Oxford, which is kind of legendary. Mm. It's like, I think, pretty much the best show that ever happened in Oxford. And uh, I turned down tickets to it, which like a few years later, when I was massively into Radiohead, it was like, oh, I like, listening, <laughs> like listening to the bootleg. I'm like, you idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Once as soon as I found out about all those bands, it was like, oh shit, time to up up the game a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I didn't realise Oxford was quite so influential, yeah. you know. But you, you mentioned that um, the, the school had a good music department. So was that side of your interest being supported and encouraged. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Like they well, I mean, I don't say encouraged. I'm not sure. Like they'd, they'd allow you to like, yeah, you could have band practice. You know, yeah. they didn't really like it, but you could have band practice. Yeah. And you, there were like amplifiers and you know, it was cool. Like they were definitely supportive of that. Like yeah. and I think like uh sort of Radiohead as well. Like I think it was there was some crossover with some teachers and I think yeah, definitely. I mean it's like if you know I feel like in a in a school like that, you know, like you're you're so far down the ladder in the music department anyway. Even though that's fantastic, you know, and the classical stuff's always pretty amazing, and there's like a, a, a theatre hall and stuff. Still, I feel like you know you were not taken as seriously. So I feel like when a music teacher sees like any like flicker of talent, yeah. they're going to like protect it with all they've got yeah. because it will you know it will help them out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if they saw any talent with me, but <laughs> not, not back in, then. Not we, in marine biology. Like, no, no, no. Um, God. I'd like to know for track four, please, Jimmy, the first song you were buying from a record store. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this, I'll, I'll narrow this down. This is like the first seven inch, the first like record I ever bought, like vinyl. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Golden Brown by The Stranglers. And I bought it in uh, Whitby, um, a little record store. I've no idea if it's still there. And um, yeah, and then I was just, I, and, I, and I'd heard it, you know, I'd, 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 I'd always associate the Stranglers with being like these kind of like leery, like, like sort of oi oi kind of like UK punk, you know. And then I was just like, I was like, because I saw it, I was like, I don't know that song, Golden Brown. I was like, I didn't know that was the Stranglers. Uh, it was just like, oh my god, and just made it so wonderful. I like, put it on, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Oh, and again, that's a perfect song. That was it. Yeah, we were listening to that in the dressing room in Newcastle, yeah. and that I was like, that's that's a perfect song. Yeah. It's a car. Wouldn't change anything about it. It's, it's a wonderful. Mad record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's just like it's obviously just like a a real fleeting like burst of imagination yeah. they had in the studio. I don't I don't know anything about the making of it, but. Um, this is when I find out that it's like a cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> but it's, it's just, I love, I love those songs. It's like every day. I love these special songs that just seem to like occupy an entire world on their own. Yeah. Uh, and that's another one, you know, and it's obviously like got intriguing lyrics that everyone likes to guess about. And it's all just like really cool. It's weird, it's like isn't if, it? if heroin was a song, you know, it's like that and like perfect day or anything by Lou. You know, it's like, you know, uh, and well, it's really weird that you mentioned like Golden Brown as being a perfect song because it doesn't sound like anything else the Stranglers ever done. 
and I've oh, I often I've had this conversation when people mention certain songs by that are super famous songs, but don't sound like anything else them bands have done, and they're the ones that for me. How soon is now? Oh. Doesn't sound like anything else yeah, the Smiths yeah, yeah. ever done. That's pretty yeah, damn that's true, perfect. Yeah. Fool's Gold yeah, yeah. don't sound like anything that, else the Stone Roses done, and that's, and that's a perfect. fucking mental record. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. There's just like these bursts of yeah. like fucking perfection that people go through, yeah. where it all becomes clear. I think it's probably like that artist reaching like the absolute apex of yeah. their creativity, you know. And it's just like they create. They the end product is like a little diamond, isn't yeah. it? After all, it's like heat and work, and yeah. it's just like this perfect, like you just made the perfect song, you know? Yeah. yeah, definitely. All those ones you said, like they're all perfect songs. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't touch them, you wouldn't go anywhere near them. 100%. 100%. Well, let's, let's talk about record stars for just a little bit. And were they important places, uh, you know, as you, your, your taste developing music and you, you, you was getting further and further into bands? And, and what's your relationship with, like, you know, the independence now, you know, as a band? uh well yeah yeah of course yeah, it was really important like uh I, you know we i got really into vinyl i still am so it was like you know growing up and like going there was some good record stores in um in oxford uh like massive records on uh, gloucester green but they all closed unfortunately but then another one opened up recently fairly recently truck records which is which is great and i feel like that seems to have happened across the uk a little bit and america where it's like where there would be like five record stores, which were all pretty good, mm. <laughs> but like, you know, maybe a bit frustrating, you know, the usual kind of, certainly when you go in, there's like, you know, like, you know, 150 Elvis bootlegs yeah. and then like some like 70s stuff that looks scary and yeah. like something like your parents would listen to, you know, something you'd find in the loft. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's so rubbish, you know. And then, but these days, it's, I feel like they've all been like compiled into one record store, which is actually really amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like, whichever ones are left, there's never been better record stores anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, so, and we, and we still try and support them. You know, we try and do like special editions, like for Asai Records in Edinburgh. We, they do like a cool, like Japanese, it looks like a Japanese import thing. We did loads of stuff for them. So, and uh, yeah, Banquet Records and yeah, like, rough trade in stores yeah. like it's great like you know and it, i'm really glad that like you know music may be changing and maybe becoming way more of a sort of shit show yeah and you know, who knows what's going to happen but like uh at least people are buying records at least the romance side of things is yeah. is picking up and same with record stores i feel like the ones that are are around and they're doing well i think yeah yeah which is great Let's take your club in for track five. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the song that well, soundtrack your year's club in, please, Jimmy. Well, I'll do the honourable mention first because I okay. feel like um, I would say Born Slippy by Underworld here because okay. that's sort of like that's that I heard that as a kid. And it's, if I hear it now, it still makes me want to go like bananas. I had, know, I had Darren so- Emerson on last week who wrote that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I, I think it's overlooked because it's. That's an intro. But, yeah that's a massive yeah exactly that, that intro doesn't make you want to go clubbing like <laughs> yeah then you, you you're not you're not right <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but it but uh but so that's the honorable mention and that would be that you know the euphoric night out soundtrack definitely yeah. would be that but uh i will say if you know related more related to the band i would say uh plumbercon by mono lake yeah. which is no one's i don't think anyone's ever heard of it yeah. i certainly hadn't and it's like it's proper minimal techno is what it is 
uh, sort of does exactly what it says on the tin. And um, it was really, I mean, you can definitely hear elements of folds in it, I think, yeah. because it was one of those things we almost studied in the early, like the formative year of folds. And we were like, let's try and do something like this on guitar. And it's all like the polar rhythms, but then like the gaps in between the beats that you're hearing anyway. I don't yeah. know. It's like, how simple can you make something that still gives off loads of energy? I feel yeah. like it's like, and that's very much in our DNA. So yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it, you know, on a, on a cracking sound system, like somewhere in Berlin or something yeah. like that, that song sounds amazing. And yeah. if you, you know, if you're, if you're stimulated enough, you can, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's incredible. It sounds like alien music or something. I don't know. Yeah. Was yeah. clubbing something that you, you was big on? Uh, sort of. I've got an on-off relationship with dancing. I don't really like it. I've, mm. I, it's, you know, I sort of come to terms with it now and I just think I just don't like it. I get too embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. But it was, and certainly like late night in a, in a, in a nightclub, I've, you know, I've thrown caution to the wind. And, yeah. And I've massively loved it. So I've, 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 I understand it. I've had a good, some amazing nights, you know, also yeah. like at fest, you know, on tour and stuff when we play at festivals, you know, they, some of them have got like, full-blown nightclubs inside the festival like glastonbury and coachella and all these places so it's like seems to create like underworld you know i've seen them loads of times (laughs) and it's just amazing it's like oh man yeah so uh yeah but yeah not not hot on the dancing to be honest well hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. That that kind of brings me on to to the next thing, really, which is, um, you know, you say that you're a bit self-conscious dancing and things like that, like, T- tell me about your relationship with confidence because you walk on stage in front of oh. fucking shitloads of people. Like, oh, what's that you're going to get, you know, looking at you throwing a few shapes on a nightclub floor? What's your relationship with confidence? Oh, it's so weird, man. I'm, well, I'm, still str- I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's, like, it's all gone. Well, we've started, just, we played these shows, we were back on tour, and I've been thinking about doing that for so long. And I'm just like, 
and it was so I don't know it was really easy and I've, and I've got loads of confidence and I'm just like what I thought it'd be the other way around uh I don't know man like yeah I certainly you know it's it's much harder to play in a with fewer people yeah <laughs> in a small room with people really watching you that I feel like that is scarier yeah. than than it's more abstract when it's massive I really like huge shows because it's like it's you, 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 I don't know, you can sort of save yourself in the atmosphere. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And obviously, sh- small shows, you can just close your eyes and just, like, just dine off the energy in a, yeah. in a small show. That, that's easy as well. Yeah, I don't know, because I'm not, like, confident at all, really. Yeah. What about in the fact, a, fa- a fan you? told me A fan told me off the other day for, like, not being, like, not realising how big the shows were or something. I was just like... <laughs> I was just knackered. I was just really tired. I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what's going on. You know. Um, anyway, no, I was not confident as a kid. I was very shy. Okay. Very, very shy. Okay. I was very shy up until I joined Foles, actually, and then, yeah. and then they put a you know a rocket up my ass, whether I liked it or not. And that was the end of that. They they lit the fuse and stood well back. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay, track six. I'm going to take you home. Favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Well, it's got to be uh, "Let Down" by Radiohead, which is which is probably my favourite song of yeah. all time. It's a, it's a very that's a tough competition, but I'd, probably I think. And it's just again, you know, back of Dad's car, but this time like not listening to what Dad was listening to, listening to my own stuff on headphones. Yeah. And um, I can remember it now, going up this hill, and I just yeah, I'd heard it before, but it was just that that one listen. Yeah. Uh, it just it was just it's a perfect song again yeah. and it's just so beautiful and it's just it opened up this world and yeah. that, that this door to another flipping world basically yeah. and i just like put one leg in and that's it yeah. again i don't think if i don't know if that had happened if that hadn't ever happened would i be here now but i don't know probably not i don't know it was that inspirational like it's it's really like uh it makes me basically want to cry when i hear it because yeah. it, it gets because it's gaining more and more meaning, you know, just because of what it what it did to me. Oh, yeah, I, just, I love it. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful song. Oh, it's an absolute cracker, mate. Um, we, we just touched on confidence there, and also I want to touch on something else now that, that, that you know, Foles have been smashing it for years now, and and that's not an easy thing to do in the music industry. That's a tough industry to to maintain the levels of success that you that you have. Yeah. Tell me about Drive. Well, man, you've got to ask Yanis about that. Okay. I'm you asking you. I want to know it. your relationship <laughs> with Drive. Uh, I'm driven. Yeah. I'm driven, definitely. Like, um, you know, like these these eternal struggles, like trying to write the perfect pop song or play the perfect live show. Or, you know, it's not, we're not perfectionists. We're not going like, we're not like Rain Man. Yeah. We're not, you know, but like still, it's like, well, you know, it's like there's always stuff that could be done better. Yeah. And it's like, in fact, actually, I don't know, like this, this tour feels different. It feels like we've kind of like, it all feels like it's come together finally in a crazy way, like with this new light show. But like, I mean, Yanis is the most driven person I've ever met. Yeah. And he still is basically, he's still like a flipping, I mean, he has so much coffee. I don't know how he, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how he does it. I just don't know how he does it. I, I don't have the same energy levels. Yeah. I'm quite happy to let stuff go by the float floats on by. I'm like, nah, I can't be bothered with that. And they're like, but it's this much money. I'm like, where is it? I'm like, nah, like, I just, like, <laughs> that sounds shit. You know, I don't care how much money. And then it's like, 
I end up playing it, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, you know, <laughs> whatever. Now they know because they're on the email. Uh, You've got to save all the money you can, mate. You got to do your marine biology course. You got to buy your way onto that. No, I know. How am I going to get on the research vessel on the Galapagos Island? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to live. I'm trying to live within my means until I can blow it all on that. Um, Wonderful. All right, yeah, it's your last track, know, yeah. mate. Um, um, uh, for yeah. that last track, this is when you get to play Tastemaker, or as uh, the youth call it, uh, Influencer. Um, oh, is it? Oh, dear. Yeah, oh, you made weird, it, mate. You're an influencer. <laughs> this is a weird influencer, then. Um, well, can you tell me one. a song that you think many people uh, haven't heard that you would like them to hear, please, mate? Yeah, well, uh, this song, uh, you know, this, this is a quite a long list of songs, I feel like, because these are the songs I really love. Oh, <laughs> like from I said, out from out there. Well, I mean, I can only think of two. Well, the one I've written down, but and then this, the honourable mention would be this guy, Julian Lynch, and this song called Rancher. And it's just like this super weird little song. Beautiful, lovely little song. So everyone should listen to that. I think you can get it on iTunes, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, or Spotify, whatever, you know, other horrible thing we used to, to listen to music on um anyway but the the the, the winner of this this week <laughs> is a is a wild pack of family dogs by modest mouse and um you know modest mouse are a weird band i think some people don't like them because they're a bit too bit too weird maybe people are quite hard to put their finger on what it actually is that mm-hmm. makes modest mouse so good but uh, this, I feel like, is a perfect little window into um, Isaac, the singer's mind. And it's it's such a weird little song, and it's pa- absolutely packed with meaning and imagery, you know. And it's just, you know, I struggle with listening to lyrics. Like, when I hear music for the first time, I find, like, the lyrics sort of come in, like, a week later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I've sort of gorged on the music, then yeah. I'll, I'll, the lyrics are like the pudding, you know. But uh, with this, I was just like, you know, the imagery of he's talking about this, this, you know, once he dies, these dogs floating up to the glowing sky. And it's all just this, like, death. Like, there's a lot, so much death and, like, mystery and, like, hardship and remorse and wonder in, like, two minutes. Yeah. it's my, It might not even be two minutes. I think it might be on minute 30 or something like that. It's crazy, yeah. and it's just like, well, how, like, well, if you can do that, then you know, you're just like, I respect you. You know, I respect that stuff just the most. Like, you know, I love like folk music and and people who just play on their own. I, you know, it's like I admire stand up comedians in the same way. It's just yeah. like, wow, like you, that that is like the pinnacle of entertainment mm. in a sense. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's just a wonderful, weird little song, and I'm so glad it exists. You know. Well, Jimmy, we put together a, a, a playlist to accompany the podcast with all your choices on, and you throw your honourable mentions on there, and obviously we put some false stuff on there as well. Um, yeah. As the rest of this year uh, is gathering gathering pace quickly, and it's far more connected, and it, we, we appear to be saying goodbye to a pandemic, however you want to view that. Um, yeah. But we're seeing festivals, gigs, and everything returning to some kind of normality, which is lovely. Um, what are you looking forward to from the rest of this year, personally? And what's going to be happening professionally? Well, they're both tied together. <laughs> Every musician says that. Every musician says that. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? It's, there isn't, because it's not like a job, but it is sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, personally, you know, well, I'm looking forward to seeing my girlfriend again, because yeah. she just got on the, on the plane like yesterday, and I won't see her for three months. 
so you know i can't wait to get back to california and get a house or rent a house and further my life over there i cannot wait that's the dream and in order to achieve the dream i have to put coal in the furnace and that's (laughs) and that's uh uh touring with the band but i've got to say it's just like we've just done 10 shows or something like that and it's just it's been the best yeah and i'm sorry to all i'm sorry to walter and edwin and I'm, there's been some enormous highlights, but I've, I've never felt so good. And it's just like the energy is great. And we've got Glastonbury coming up, which is definitely my highlight of the year yeah. anyway. So the fact that we're, we're, we've got a very nice slot as well, the one I've always wanted, it's, it's yeah, it's flipping serendipity, man. And, it, and it's, so I'm really looking forward to that. And, and I'm looking forward to that every show we've got in the calendar. I feel like we're going to just blow the lid off most places because yeah. I don't know what's going on at the moment because we've been lying on our, on our sofas for two years. We've got we've got all this energy. 100%. It's like it's like come see us while while we've got energy. We'll be knackered next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely, <laughs> um, Jimmy. It's been a real pleasure talking records with you, mate. Thanks loads. For yeah, your time. I loved it. I loved it, man. It's oh, great. Thank you so much. We we'll, look. We'll put the, uh, the the episode out soon. Um, and if people want to keep up the speed with everything that's happening with files and tour dates, uh, I mean. You ain't got to look too far, right? I don't know why I'm going to ask no, you to just, tell me that. It's going oh, to be no, on no, all no, the no, socials. Good, and... Wrong person. Wrong person <laughs> to ask. I would say go head to the website. That's what I tell everybody. Perfect. I feel like the website is the most reliable source of information as to what's Wonderful. going on with shows. And there uh, isn't any cancellations anymore. Lovely. Which is pretty, pretty nice. We've all been sick of these cancellations. Absolutely. Like, everything getting shit canned all the time. So finally, yeah. Perfect. The tour is happening and it's on the website. I don't know what's going on. It's all, it feels all new to me. Oh, yeah. mate, I wish you all the best with the tour and the record. And, and thanks again, Jimmy, for coming on. It's been a real joy chatting tunes with you, mate. Thanks, man. Ah, oh, what a dude. What a dude. Um, yeah. Uh, what a wonderful chat. Like I said, I just finished recording that and just doing the intro and outro straight after pressing stop got to talk about some great records and uh yeah go check out the, the spotify playlist to accompany his chat and you can listen to uh, all of the songs that that jimmy chose and some of the uh Foles music past and present uh if you get a chance ever to go and see Foles live i would recommend as somebody that has seen them i would say it's a ruddy lovely night out um Right, I think we're done. Um, Thanks again to Tom for facilitating that chat. uh, And thanks once more uh, to Jimmy. And obviously, much love to you lot. I'll see you next time. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue. Go check out the Patreon. Go check out the merch. Go check out the social media. It's all one click once you head over to offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Everything you need to know. It's your one-stop shop. Right, love you lots. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat